The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You know, obviously what happened is in the past. I think everybody remembers it, but, you know, he's not going to dwell on it. I know he's not dwelling on it either. Uh, so I know our fans are going to come and, and support and be loud, be proud. We're going to fight our tails off for it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, I'm Chris Mack in for Ed Egros today and tomorrow here on the BetQL Network. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL or YouTube. Search for the Odyssey Sports Channel and we are there with you. Get ready for week 10 of the college football slate. That coming up in about 40 minutes and 20 minutes. Paul Charchian of KFAN in Minnesota to talk about one of the big NFL trade deadline related stories in Josh Dobbs acquired by the Vikings to sort of sort of hold the fort down uh, while Kirk Cousins is out the rest of the year. Is there any reason to believe that maybe there's still a future for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota beyond this season? Uh, that's just one of at least a handful, guys, of quarterback situations to keep an eye on this week. We talked about some of them a few moments ago. Um, and there are angles to all of these that we started to break down when looking at survivor specifically. Uh, but let's, let's go to one that we didn't touch on when it, when we talked survivor, that is interesting because you got one quarterback who is going to get time to prove himself, but has not really shown us much yet against another guy. Talk about journeyman. Talk about career backup uh, and a team that is struggling to find any kind of momentum. Jordan Love and the Packers hosting Brett Rippon and the L.A. Rams if Matt Stafford can't go. Just add it to the list, Joe, of games where backup quarterbacks make us go, oh, oh boy, how do I handicap this thing? Mm -hmm. And maybe one should be a backup quarterback. The one in Green Bay. Yeah. Like that, that's my first thought. Like, I understand, oh, backup quarterback angle. So you would lean Green Bay. And I heard this week that a lot of sharps early in the week were on Green Bay. 
I can't stomach that. This is a Rams look or nothing for me. That that's how I'm approaching this game. Um, I can't lay points with the Packers. This four game, it's not just a four game loss. It's the way it's looked has just been God awful. I mean, Jordan Love, they have not covered their any of, of those last four games. Now, when I think about trusting the coach, that's big when we go with these uh, backup quarterback angles and we go LaFleur versus McVay, there's no doubt what side we're going to go on. Look at the receivers, okay? The weapons that you have, which side are you going to be on? You want to be on the Rams side or you want to be on the Packers side? It's still a lot of unknowns. Watson's getting involved more, but it's still a lot of unknowns with, with all those Green Bay receivers. So many young guys, year one, year two. Uh, Cup and Puka, I, I still think he's going to be able to scheme things up where they're involved enough in the offense. It, it is now a running back split with the LA Rams between Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson. Uh, what I find interesting in McVay's history, there's been a number of times, especially when you have Stafford, you're going to deal with injuries. There's going to be a point in time where he's going to go down and he's dealing with a few things. So who knows how long this ends up being, but since 2020, when McVay is dealing with a backup quarterback, I mean, we're talking about Baker. We're talking about Wolford Perkins. Seven and three against the spread. Like he finds a way. There's value in the betting market. They're growing against him. And the coaching for at least one week will shine through. This is only Rams plus three or nothing for me, guys. Yeah, and I get I get the angle of just going going against the Rams here in this spot, but that means you're trusting Jordan Love and you're trusting Love to lay points. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, even if the crowd is booing at Lambeau, I still like the <laughs> Rams side. <laughs> I know, I know this is a desperate situation for that? the Packers, but they yeah. stink. I'm with you. I think the Rams could win outright. Obviously, you kind of want to see what's going to happen with Stafford, but I, even if it's not him, you bring up a great point, Joe. I mean, I remember last year how quickly Sean McVay was able to get Baker ready to go and how impressive that was. Mm -hmm. So if I trust any team to travel, any team to be prepared and get – you know, ripping ready to go. I trust Sean McVay in this situation. And I think as underdogs, it's a good bet. And I wouldn't be shocked if they even go into Lambeau and win outright because this Packers team is struggling. And I get it. The Rams have been too. But uh, I like this matchup a lot for the Rams. Chris. The Rams were favored in this last week. The Rams are favored in this game. And yeah, that's a significant move down, downgrade, down from Stafford. It was Rams minus one and a half. And now we're Packers minus three. So I'm not arguing that I get it, but it's a lot. The problem with Jordan love is that we're rather than progression, we're seeing regression, right? Like week after week, yeah. it feels like it's getting worse. Um, and yeah, you're, you're right. He doesn't have the same weapons that this offense has had in the past, but I mean, this, this is something you hired this head coach to be the guy who would help you transition from one era to another because he's supposed to come from this lineage of great offensive coaches, right? You plucked him right mm -hmm. from that tree and he's not making the most of Jordan love. And look, sometimes there's only so much a coach can do. Maybe it's Jordan love. Maybe that's the problem. This offense continues to regress after looking kind of promising the first couple of weeks, even in that loss to Atlanta, it's gotten worse and worse. They've scored 20 once 
in the last five weeks. Um, and that was when they lost by two touchdowns to Detroit. So, yeah, there's very little reason to hope that Jordan Love and the Packers offense are going to figure something out this week against the Rams or maybe even over the course of the next three months, Joe. Like, I, there's just – there's not a lot there that gives – that instills hope in, okay, yeah, suddenly it's going to click for Jordan Love. Yeah. It's an awful division, and they're not a player. It's wide open for somebody to jump in. You have the Cousins injury, and it's not even a consideration. That's how bad things are. And the handicap on the Packers going into the season is, well, what is Jordan Love? I don't know. The shrug of the shoulders. There are a lot of people talking about, okay, maybe there's a possibility that, that he's good and the Packers win the division. I keep going back to this. They are the one team that had Jordan Love information. They saw that dude in practice for years, day after day after day. <laughs> They did not want to offer the fifth-year option. And, and publicly, they would say the right things. He's, it's his time. He deserves an opportunity. Blah, 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 blah. They they knew more about this guy than anybody, and they're like, nah, nah, I got to see it. And we haven't seen it. Yeah, and I was asking the question the other day, like, is Matt LaFleur, how good of a coach is he? And, Joe, you brought up the point, like, Aaron Rodgers – covered up a lot of these warts and blemishes that the Packers have, right? Like he made them mm -hmm. look a lot better. And he even didn't look all that great. Obviously his last season there of uh, things were starting to fall apart, but I don't think now I, all the blame shouldn't have been on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they just have a lack of talent and I think Lafleur should get some blame for this too. Yeah. They, they haven't done enough. Love hasn't been good enough. And LaFleur and the staff haven't done enough to bring him along. And great point, Joe. They ha they've had a look at this guy for years now in practice every single day, and they still haven't been able to unlock him and figure things out. Another weird quarterback situation. Uh, not to mention the coaching situation. <laughs> Vegas against the Giants. Oh. Man, Aiden O'Connell going for Vegas. It looks like Daniel Jones is going to be back for the G-Men, but there's always the outside chance that we get – Tommy DeVito? Oy, okay. Um, there's the idea that maybe there's a coach change bounce um, for the Raiders that, that you know, addition by subtraction, just getting McDaniels out of the way. Antonio Pierce making his interim head coaching debut against his former team in the Giants. Um, it's one and a half. Raiders by one and a half right now. Um, total at 37. So many ugly totals this week. Um, I, I I tend to take the points with the Giants here, especially if Daniel Jones is coming back. But it, there's nothing about this game, Joe, that has me running to a window or running to an app. Uh, so trying to figure out. They also fired their OC, Mick Lombardi, which is notable in this spot. So you get the mm -hmm. G, not only the head coach and the GM. Okay, you promote Pierce. Cool. You got rid of the OC. Colin plays Bo Hardigree. Does anybody have any Bo Hardigree information? Does anybody know anything about no. this guy? Uh, yeah, the quarterbacks coach. They they moved up. We yeah, we understand. I don't. He he's a he's worked under Adam Gase at numerous spots. The Dolphins and the Eesh. Jets. See, he was here as an offensive uh, offense quality control guy in Chicago, and I mean, boy, these are bad offenses he's going to. Yeah, I have my concerns here. Okay, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a lot. Where you started, Chris, is the fired coach bump a thing? And yeah. I wish I, I wish I knew. 
I think it's split. There's this perception that it is a thing, but if you look at the numbers over the last 20 years, we've seen head coach fired in season 20 times. And what happens in the next game? Against the spread rate, little edge. It's 19 and 16 against the spread. But it is oh. worth bringing up because these teams stink, right? That's why they're firing the coach, having an awful year, right? And they're 16 and 19 straight up. So you would assume in majority of those cases, they were big underdogs, but they're almost 500 straight up. But this is a weird scenario, Aaron, because the team that just fired their coach is a favorite. I don't, I wish the trend and the numbers were better when a coach was fired in season. You said 19 and 16. Gosh. I mean, this is one where I just want to close my eyes and back the Raiders and hope that I do get that new coach bump because I have no idea what is going to happen. All I do know is Devontae Adams doesn't stink. Can they just find a way to get him more than 11 yards? Max Crosby's pretty good. They have some talent on that team. They, But, yeah, there's just so many question marks all across the board. Don't really know who is calling the plays. Don't know anything about that guy. Can't even remember Bo. his name. Bo. So Bo, Bo knows. Bo. So if Bo, if Bo wants to keep this opportunity, think about it from his, his line of thinking. This is my chance. This is what I've been waiting for. I can show everyone what I can do. All right. We all know that Josh McDaniels got fired. Lombardi gets fired. Why? Because in part, Devontae was not part of the offense. So you would think that Bo is just going to make sure that Aiden O'Connell looks for Devontae again and again and again. Maybe Devontae props is the way. BetMGM has 74 and a half Mm. receiving yards. That's tough. That's tough with Aiden O'Connell. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know a lot of unknowns <sighs> to feel super confident on the side or props it would just have to be luck at this point i think and you're just gonna go for it yeah yeah this is, again this is this is what's so funny about this week to me is that like I, I mentioned earlier sunday you could sit down and watch four really good high level games from 9 30 a.m until about 11 30 p.m eastern some trash and then and then every other game is a crash. Man. We got to we, we got to take our punishment to get those three games. We do. Take this, your medicine. This is what yep. the, the NFL is doing. Hey, I'll tell you, the underdog has a better quarterback. I'll say that if you're looking for a way to handicap this game. Daniel Jones is going to be yeah. playing, it sounds like. Yeah, and, and, and I think – I don't know how much home field advantage there is at Allegiant either, especially for teams coming west – I mean, it's Steelers, Giants, anybody coming from out east to Vegas, it's a vacation for their fans. And so they show up, and the home field advantage really does get mitigated for the Raiders. And I think that's that's mm-hmm. a serious consideration as well. Like, it, you're, in some cases, you've got a young quarterback working at home, perhaps in a silent count, because there's more fans of the opposition in the home stadium than there are your own, especially after the coach gets fired and everything goes down. I can't imagine there's Raider fans lined up down the strip to get in to see Aiden O'Connell start. So Giants fans coming East for the weekend, getting cheap tickets, making a day of it, having a blast and watching Danny Dimes come back. And he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to light the scoreboard up. 
It's the Raiders. All he's got to do is put up 20, and they're probably in a good spot. Remember that Chargers game this year when O'Connell got the start? He took seven sacks in that game. So that could be a way to play it, even though the Giants aren't great at getting pressure. It was a six-sack Khalil Mack game. So it might be a Sam Howell situation where this dude's just holding on to the football. That's another reason that I'm concerned about trying to play into that fired coach bump. Yeah. The other thing is O'Connell played at Purdue. Do we want to back any guy with Purdue (laughs) affiliations? Nope. God, are they awful. Yeah. Yeah. The other day a guy was telling me how he's a Purdue football fan. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. You guys need Cowboy Joe back. Yeah. (laughs) Does Drew Brees have any eligibility left? It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Uh, An hour from now, we talk about the line moving on Chiefs, Dolphins, and our Super Contest picks. 20 minutes, we get back into college football week 10 with a handful of ranked matchups. And coming up next, we get a bead on what's going on with the Vikings, some props for tonight and week nine and more. Paul Charging of KFAN Minnesota, he joins us next right here on the BetQL Network. Blitz off the edge, Cousins throws and... It's taken away by Addison for the touchdown. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. You can never say the Vikings are boring. Never. They're never boring. <laughs> they're always they're always interesting. There's always something to watch and there's always something to talk about. No less so or no more so, I guess I should say than right now where they're at without Kirk Cousins for the rest of the year. Trading for Josh Dobbs, Justin Jefferson, soon to be back. Chris Mack in for Ed Egros today alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. We are live coast to coast, and if we're going to talk Vikes, we got to bring in our guy, Charch, Paul Charchian of KFAN in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And that's where I start, Charch, is the quarterback situation. Sounds like Jaron Hall's going to get the opportunity to start this week. Josh Dobbs, they get him for peanuts. But if you want a guy who's a dependable backup, who is serviceable, as we saw, especially the first few weeks in Arizona this year, smart guy, um, will will handle the pressure that's on him. It seems to be Dobbs' job going forward. And then you're talking about getting Justin Jefferson back soon. So um, uh, Addison, Jefferson, soon to be Dobbs. This is a team that's that's gunning for a wild card spot. Yeah, they're still playing for wins in Minnesota, for sure. And you mentioned Jaron Hall's going to get the start, and nobody knows who he is. But if at any point you've wondered to yourself, I wonder who is throwing the ball to Puka Nakua at BYU, well, the answer is this guy. It, it was uh, the super soaker, Jaron Hall. Now, his game is he's a velvety touch passer. He's known for his accuracy. He does not have real arm, you know, massive arm strength and talent that way. Super mobile. Um, the rushing will help a, a little bit, continue some drives that way. Um, but after that, I, I think they're going to go to Dobbs, who was playing functional ball for the Cardinals. They don't, and, you know, everything else around the Cardinals was terrible. Um, and the fact that he was playing like NFL average quarterback, given what was around him, suggests that he can at some point be you know, a real contributor for a Vikings offense that's way in far, far better shape. I think you're still going to have a ton of TJ Hawkinson in particular. Lots of quarterbacks, you know, you'll they'll, they'll go back, they're in trouble in the pocket or whatever, and just dump off to their tight end. He's right there in front of him. You know, big target, short, middle of the field, 
right there. And Josh Jobs coming off a game where he had targeted last week. Trey McBride is tight end 14 times in the game. So I, I like, I still am very optimistic about TJ Hawkinson in particular going forward. Oh, the super soaker. That, what, what a great call there. That That's good. It brings me back <laughs> to my childhood. It felt like got that, Joe. Well, everybody else in my neighborhood had the cool super soaker. And I'm like, when I, once yeah. I finally got one, I had this little dinky one. Yes. It, it was oh, terrible. So it's a bad look for me. Yeah, <laughs> you, were really pelt, you were getting pelted at range. And you're back there with a the yeah. pea shooter. You're a dribbler. Yeah, right. You're the super uh, dribbler. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm sorry, uh, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. That's all right. No, I mean, I'd imagine that the Vikings kind of flipped things because you have that Chiefs game, they're one in four. And yeah. now what? And then you have the Cousins, you have the Jefferson injury, then you have the Cousins injury. And I'm sure the expectation is, well, Looks like it's going to be a great quarterback draft. I know there are a lot of teams gunning for quarterbacks, but yep. the Vikings are going to go into tank mode. But what happens? The schedule lightened up. You get that Bears win, even though, uh, what, you got into, did not get into the red zone? Maybe it was one red zone appearance in that game. Uh, it's just amazing how things worked out. It was a great spot, that Monday night game against San Francisco. Jordan Love mm -hmm. stinks, and then they're in go-for-it mode, as right now they're sitting in that uh, seventh playoff spot, which – can you be 500? Can you be a nine and eight? And then you end up getting that spot. I think that's interesting. You mentioned Hawkinson. He's still going to be involved in the, in the offense. Yeah. The, the people out there playing fantasy that picked up Addison, boy, what a move for them over the last three weeks, may arguably winning some games for them. Do you, how much of a drop off is it for Addison with yeah. Paul slash Dobbs? This is a this is a far trickier situation. Addison's calling card is big downfield plays. You heard one of them when we were coming back from break. Among players with at least one deep catch, Addison has the league's longest A dot average distance of throw on those deep passes. Jaron Hall, as I mentioned, middling middling arm strength. Dobbs just an okay downfield passer. So I think for Addison, this is going to be a lot trickier. Plus the looming return of Justin Jefferson is going to move him back to being really the third receiving target. So if there's mm -hmm. one big loser out of this, all of all of this, it's probably Jordan Addison. Can't stop thinking about the super soaker taking me back to my childhood <laughs> summer days. Even I had one of those. Do you have? Do you have a good one? Did you have one with the, yeah. the strap on your shoulder? The three thousand with yeah. the reservoir backpack. <laughs> That's awesome. The reservoir backpack. That's so hardcore. Oh <laughs> Bringing your own ammo with you. Yes, I'm exactly. imagining a young hawk. Gotta get yeah, all these boys in things. the neighborhood. Spray in the neighborhood. Let's turn our attention to uh, Mac Jones. Uh, yes. This is going to be an interesting matchup because I've covered the Commanders for years, and they yeah, seem sorry. to get up for games when everybody <laughs> I know. It's awful. I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. Uh, when they, when everyone's against them, they they seem to get up for games, and so that's what has me thinking twice about this game. Three and a half point underdogs at New England. They trade away Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Their defense was struggling already. What are you yes. expecting here between these two teams? Well, I'm going to take the play I'm going to go with is Mac Jones. And never love to put money on a guy who's been benched twice in the last month, but that's, I think, where we're at here. And I, I love the opportunity so much for him. So you mentioned no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. That removes 10 quarterback pressures per game from the commanders. And here's a complete list of quarterbacks who have failed 
to score multiple touchdowns against the commanders and or top 218 yards. And, and let me mention, by the way, I'm advocating for over 217 yards for Mac Jones and over the one and a half passing touchdowns, which is sitting at a plus 180, plus 180. So here we go. Complete list of quarterbacks who have failed to go over the 217 and the one and a half touchdowns. Josh Dobbs, week one, when he was on the team for two weeks. Um, that's it. Everybody else since week one has gone over. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Charge, Mac Jones sucks. Well, yes, he does. But so does the Washington secondary. They've given up gigantic games to a bunch of other sucky quarterbacks. The sense bench, Desmond Ritter, Tyrod Taylor. And this is just in the last couple of weeks. So if those guys are flying over the overs, I'm very interested in Mac Jones here. This team can't, Patriots can't run the ball. They lost Kendrick Bourne, which is a loss too. But still, I, I like Mac Jones. The numbers are so low here. I think we can go over. Paul Charchin, KFAN in Minnesota, and guillotineleagues.com as well for some different fantasy action. If you want to get in on it, go check it out, guillotineleagues.com. We were just talking about the Packers a couple minutes ago, Charch, and it, it, is it LaFleur? Is it Love? Is it both? It, 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 we're, instead of progression, which we should be seeing at this point in the year from Jordan Love and the Packers offense, we're seeing regression. And uh, to the extent that they're, they're facing Brett... They're at home against Brett Rippon, most likely, in the Rams. And we're all sitting right. here talking about the Rams and the points. Yeah, it's it's come to this, right? So if, if you would have, in the preseason, if you had charted out, like, the worst possible scenario for Jordan Love, it's really played itself out. The horrible inaccuracy, the slow processing, um, you know, really, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, nobody's starting Jordan Love, that's for sure. Uh, you know, they don't really have anywhere to go other than to continue to start him and hope it, it gets figured out. But to this point, it really hasn't. Christian Watson's been a, a tremendous disappointment. You remember last year, he was the long bomb guy, catching all those long passes from Aaron Rodgers. He was really helping a lot of fantasy teams and betters. But get this, here he is. He's your vertical deep threat. Jordan Love ranks 32nd in deep ball accuracy. Just 25% of his deep passes are connecting, and he's hit a league-worst four picks on those deep throws. So Christian Watson, totally neutralized by the ineffectiveness of his own quarterback. Romeo Dobbs is scoring touchdowns, but he's doing it on like three receptions for 20 yards per game. That's it. So he's basically dead to us, too. If, if Christian Watson is dead to us, Romeo Dobbs is dying on the table right now. And then the running backs, it's, it's, the autopsy is already over. So the way they've managed Aaron Jones has been so disheartening. You know, he comes, he's had this hamstring injury, but they keep trotting him out. They give him enough carries where the hamstring never gets healthy, but not enough carries to post any kind of meaningful numbers. And A.J. Dillon's just bad. He has 3.1 yards per carry and the league's sixth worst rushing over expectation at negative rushing yards, negative half a yard per play. Disaster scenario all around for every pack. Charge, this is not a fun exercise, but let's talk about the Carolina Panthers offense. What do we do here? Coming out of the yeah. bye, there there was a little bit of hype for the play caller change. OC Thomas Brown, there, there was some hope that, okay, maybe he can do something. Well, they did win. They did cover, but they scored yeah. 15 points against the Houston Texans. <laughs> if you can't score on the Colts and the Bears in back-to-back -back weeks, I don't know what you do. What are we doing with the Panthers? What are you thinking? Well, let's start here. Adam Thielen's great. I mean, I, you know, I think for all of us that just shovel dirt on his career, what a great year Adam Thielen's been having. And he's been the stable set of hands for a rookie quarterback. 
Bryce Young, I thought it just played his by marginally played his best game of the year, looked a little bit better. The running game, what a disaster for Carolina. You know, they gave a lot of money to Miles Sanders for three yards per carry and 33 yards per game. That's it. You know, all of Sanders, you know, when you go, you look at Pat Sanders' past success, it looks now like that was a phenomenal Eagles offensive line that was setting him up for success because it's a bad offensive line. And then they bring in Chuba Hubbard, who has supplanted Sanders, and Hubbard's looked equally bad. He's 3.9 yards per carry. Offensive line's terrible. They rank 31st in run block win rate. They got Indy this week. So this is your, and this is the schedule for the Panthers, as bad as it's been. They get Indy this week. That's literally the last positive matchup on the entire remaining schedule for the rest of the year for the Panthers running game. They have the fifth toughest remaining mm-hmm. schedule against the run. It's a brutal scenario for all the Panthers players, but except Adam Thielen, who continues to be awesome. <laughs> oh, I get to ask you about a Cowboys player. How fun. Tony Pollard has been among <laughs> you love one the of Cowboys. the most. I don't. Uh, he's been very disappointing this season, especially in fantasy. So what do we do with him this week? So, yeah, super disappointing. Let's just play that out for a minute. Uh, drafted early second round of fantasy drafts, fifth running back off the board. And he has scored the 20th most fantasy points among running backs, despite missing no games. He has not scored. Tony Pollard, your workhorse runner for the Dallas Cowboys offense, has not scored since week one. He's pro football focuses 43rd ranked running back. But what's really killed Pollard is the lack of those trademark big plays, the highlight plays when you're interrupting the game to show Tony Pollard housing some 40-yard, 50-yard, 60-yard runs. That's not happening. He has just four runs of over 15 yards this year. He ranks 28th in breakaway percentage. And now he's got Philly. That's not good. And I think we've got a prop opportunity here. The line is 50 and a half rushing yards. Only two backs have topped that against Philadelphia, and they barely went over 50. It was 53 and 58 yards. That's it. Philly ranks number two in ESPN's run stuff win rate. They rank number four in run defense by pro football focus. Pollard hasn't been getting it done. He hasn't been touching this line. I think this is a fairly safe under, which I would give consideration to, 50 and a half. Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com and KFAN in Minnesota with us on BetQL Daily. Let's look at Thursday night football, Paul, because these are two underwhelming offenses. But Will Levis coming off a fantastic debut, but now he's on the road. Heinz Field, uh, where no rookie quarterback has ever gone and won in prime time. TJ Watt with his brother in the building. Uh, Cam Hayward back for the Steelers. This should be an opportunity for the Titans to kind of lean in on Derrick Henry. And I think to a greater extent, yep. Ty J Spears as a change yeah. of pace here, his rushing total, just 19 and a half yards. What do you like on the Tennessee offense? Where do you think they go? And is there anything on the Steelers offense that's worth looking at other than we've had an eye on maybe Deontay Johnson as we imagine Kenny Pickett will probably lean in on him a little bit more as well. Yeah, so I'm kind of down on Levis. Look, I love the four touchdowns and all, but if you look at the totality of his passes, and by the way, I do not recommend that you go break down Titans-Falcons tape. That is not a fun (laughs) use of your day. So don't do it. Just take my word for it when I say accuracy is a real problem for this kid. And even even the touchdowns, the the first two DeAndre Hopkins touchdowns, Hopkins had to do massive adjustments just to get to the ball. 
Um, his fourth touchdown to Nick Westbrook-Akina was fantastic. I'm not taking that away from him. But in totality, it was a very mixed bag, not nearly as highlight-worthy as the four touchdowns would suggest. And plus, how is Will Levis going to improve when you take off the throwback Oilers uniforms? You you only go down from there. <laughs> you can only get worse wearing the standard jersey. You're right. I think Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears are the plays here. They're going to lean into those guys heavily. In fact, Henry got 26 touches last week. In Will Levis's debut, that was a win. They're going to stick to this formula they want to anyway. Sure, it's a ton of men in the box, and it's all the Henry stuff they always know, but it doesn't always matter. Over the last month, Henry, who started very slowly, by the way, averaging 108 total yards per game, five and a half yards per carry. And here's the Steelers defense giving up the fourth most rushing yards, 115 per game and almost a full tough rushing touchdown per game. There's a lot of opportunity for Henry but I love the Tajay Spears angle that you alluded to, Chris. His prop, you mentioned 19 and a half. I found it at 18 and a half this morning, yard, rushing yards. He's averaging six yards per carry. I just need him to get right. the ball three times. That's it. So, and he's averaging, he's getting eight touches a game. At eight touches a game, six yards per carry, man, over 18 and a half feels awfully good for Tajay Spears. Great stuff, Charge, as always. We appreciate it. Coming up next on BetQL Daily, we, uh, we, tell you to gtfo or maybe oh yeah and college football top of the hour here on the bet ql network i've seen a post on social media kids dressing up as mike mcdaniel um that does not compute that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yes i have the video if you want to see it they uh, did your run at my, on sunday night football one kid did the run and then the fan last night was it faster than the so kid I'm just curious <laughs> what, what as you see it goes into Dressing up like Mike McDaniel. I have no idea. This is, this is, um, I refuse to accept that as reality. So, I don't even know what that means. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Mike McDaniel goes halfway around the world to find out that little kids are dressing up like him for Halloween. It is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack in for Ed, alongside Joe and Aaron. And in 20 minutes, we take a detailed look at week 10 of the college football slate uh, at about 11.20 Eastern. So middle of the third and final hour, our super contest picks and lightning bets before we wrap up. But I, I did see the video, guys. I don't know if you saw it, of the little kid dressed up as Mike McDaniel. There's and running off away from the camera. There is something about little kids dressing up as adults that I just find hilarious. Like I have a neighbor down the street last year. His son was John Daly. Cause he's got long blonde hair. His son, was only, <laughs> his, his son, I'll have to find the picture and send it to you guys. His was son was chubby? only three last year. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a little, he's a little chubby three. You're a cute little three-year-old with long blonde hair. Um, and he had the so mullet cute. and everything. Um, and this year, he he went as Ric Flair. They they got his hair, you know, nice. sprayed his hair to make I it look this. almost white. He had the robe. Yes. We 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 saw him walking through the neighborhood. Oh yeah, he styling got and the, profiling. You know, styling. <laughs> okay, profiling. his parents are funny. I like his you parents. Could, you could hear him down the street in the neighborhood during trick or treat. You hear you hear someone say, "Jakey, give me a woo." He go, "Woo!" Little four year old. Um. So there's something hilarious to me about little kids dressing up as adults. I don't know why that fascinates me, but it's funny. The first thing I thought of is we all remember how big this was a few years ago. Baby Andy Reid. 
Was that yes. not the funniest thing with the mustache? Yes, probably it a was. cheeseburger, baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was it is really fun. I've never thought about that, but it, it's really it's really good. Like I felt like uh I don't know, my son and his friends are kind of boring this year. Maybe they're getting too old. They yeah. all did food items, so it it felt like that was really popular. I I saw it a lot of college games over the weekend. You look in the stands and all the college kids were some kind of a food item and it, and it's easy. You buy it on Amazon and just throw it over. Like, you know, I saw some avocados, just anything you could think of. Uh, there, there were some pizza slices, hot dogs, all kinds of stuff, but that's creative. I, I love that. And it is, it is amusing. And really babies in particular, they come out looking like old men anyways, right? right? so you don't have to do that much work did you guys we, ever we come dress in, up as an yeah. adult as a kid some type of famous no. person or i don't no, i don't think i did. did no i other than you know like but this this wasn't dressing up as him like kids of the early to mid 80s will remember it from the sears catalog i'm really dating myself now you would go through and circle all the stuff you wanted for christmas and they always yes. had the Hutch brand football uniforms with the plastic helmet and everything. Of course. And my my mom was a Joe Montana fan because he's from around this part of the world. And, you know, good Catholic boy went to Notre Dame, so I had to be a Joe Montana fan. And let's be honest, the Steelers at that point, they weren't selling Mark Malone or Bubby Brister Hutch jerseys in the Sears catalog. So I went with Joe Montana. That was as close as I got to dressing up as an adult was my Joe Montana uniform on Halloween. Everybody had that exact exact same uniform here, and obviously it was a 34 on it for Walter Payton. Yeah. Same thing with the plastic face mask. It's like the kicker one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody Nick had Lowry that face mask. Point. Yeah. Right. For here is Kevin Butler. That's what he would have. Yeah. Right. Aaron, Aaron, you're starting to get to the point where you're going to have to think about more involved Halloween costumes for your daughter. I know. Like she's, uh, I was Tina Turner age. once. My parents oh, had a yes. really cool wig. Big yeah. hair. <laughs> yes. Who, but I have to I? get more creative for my daughter. <laughs> you guys inspired me with this topic. <laughs> it's a lot of work. This is a lot of work. It is. It is. There's a commitment there to getting a little kid to dress like an adult and look good doing it. There's definitely a commitment. Um, yes. You may say GTFO to dressing your kid up like Andy Reid or John Daly or Ric Flair or Mike McDaniel, you may say, oh, yeah. And that's why we play everyone's favorite game. It's no one's favorite game. Actually, I just say that to make me feel better about it. GTFO or oh, yeah. It's now time for GTFO or oh, yeah. All right, quick reminder of how this works. Paul will throw out an item and we will say either GTFO, that's nonsense. We don't believe, we're not buying it or, oh yeah. And again, your oh yeahs can range from a very calm and subdued. Oh yeah. All the way up to super excited about it. Love it. Randy Macho Man Savage uh, when he met Miss Elizabeth the first time. Oh yeah. Uh, so Paul, fire it up. All right, let's uh, flip the script to 2024 in Major League Baseball. So we talked about doing worst to first. I looked at the worst mm -hmm. candidates. I'm not even going to put a team like the A's or the Royals out there. Executive decision. So give me, I've compiled a list. We've got two worst to first teams in there. We've got some others. 
um, that we thought maybe would be better or could be on the come up. So give me a oh yeah team and a GTFO team from this list. So the worst of first are Red Sox at 20 to one, Cardinals at 40 to one, and then others definitely disappointed like the Yankees, the Mets, those numbers are shorter. Uh, and then some of the, the 50 or higher club, Pirates, Tigers, Marlins, Guardians, Angels. So give me a GTFO team and an oh yeah team, and we'll go Joe, Aaron, Chris. This list is rough. <laughs> rough. I can give you a reason why it's GTFO and, and every single one. First off, I'm never in on, on the New York teams. It's the numbers are always way too short and we always get yeah. that hype. And, and the Mets team is in arguably the toughest division. Anyways, I'm sure Chris yeah. is going to rant about the pirates in a moment. The tigers, are we kidding me? Uh, Marlins, they have a, ni a nice young core. They have some nice young players to build around, but the problem is that the vision that they reside in. So they have almost no chance. I, I, I feel like just by process of elimination and because I trust the organization and I trust the guy leading the show that I have to go guardians based on this list. What's left with the Cardinals after, after they got rid of all their arms and it makes sense. And I'm not buying into the Red Sox either. Like, you're going to get a rotation together at some point. I I'm GTF owing this entire list. And if, if, I'm forced to go with one. I will go with a team that's in a weak division in the AL Central, and it's an organization I trust, and they just find guys that you've never heard of, and they start to contribute. So I'd say, oh, yeah, on the Guardians. But that, that I feel like I'm stretching a little bit on that. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> what? What? I didn't even go all in. Go I didn't all even in, go all in. Please. That was a that was a sultry. Just oh, a tip. Yeah. Morning. <laughs> yeah. On the bench. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Okay. How do I follow this up? Recover, Eric. Yeah, recover from yeah. that. Okay. So, um. I am looking at a team that, you know, some somehow this team always finds a way to be in the conversation. <laughs> they have money. Perhaps they will spend it. They've got a really good bullpen. I'll go, oh, yeah, 20 to 1 on the Red Sox. It's a short number, but it is a team I believe in that, you know, could be there at the end of the season. I am going to fade the Angels. I don't care who's on their team. They always find a way to mess things up. GTFO 65 to 1 on the Angels. Just nah, bad juju yeah. around that entire Get out team. Of here. Yeah, I'm totally, totally with you in GTFOing the Angels. No way. Uh, Shohei probably gone. Even if they make some sort of wild last ditch attempt to keep him around. They've had Otani and Trout under the same umbrella for years now, and they've done nothing with it. Nothing. Um, they, they go entire drafts and take nothing but pitching because they're that bereft of talent in the system. GTFO <laughs> with the Angels at 65-1. to 1. I am actually going to push back on the Cardinals just a little bit, Joe. They are my oh yeah, yeah. because they always figure it out. And, and you know, yeah. you, you made a great point about – the Guardians going out and finding guys. Sometimes you go, where, where, where the hell did this guy come from? The Cardinals have been the National League version of that for the last 20 years. 
it, just when you think, oh, here we go. It's the inevitable fall off for the Cardinals. They can't keep it together every year. They are mm-hmm. the Mike Tomlin Steelers of the National League. You look around and go, how'd they end up? How'd they win? In the Steelers' case, how'd they win nine? How'd that happen? And then with the Cardinals, you got, wait, wait, they won 85 games and were in the wild card race down until the final. It will happen next year. Somehow it will happen. Yep. They'll be right there in the conversation. All it will take will be a hot week or two in the first half for them to be in the bidding for someone around the trade deadline. And I'll take that at 40 to one right now as my, oh yeah, for a worst to first bounce back candidate. Sneak one more in and we'll get to Wemby against the Suns in lightning bets, but real mm-hmm. quick Raiders worst record is 40 to one. They have three wins right now. If they lose this week, losing out is a real possibility. They're scheduled giants. Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, who are apparently playing for a playoff spot. Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, Broncos. They have to lose out to be in this conversation. 40 to 1, Joe Aaron, Chris. Yeah, they do have to lose out. Uh, here's what I see happening with the Raiders. Quick bump. It's Giants, Jets games, possibly. Then Miami, Kansas City, forget about it. And then it just becomes a disaster. O'Connell's exposed, coaching staff exposed. So if they lose their next two games, it's legitimate that they could lose out. The problem is there's too much competition. We have two one-win teams, Arizona, Carolina, neither of them want to win. Uh, well, Carolina, they'll, they'll try to win, but I don't know that they can. And there are four two-win teams also ahead of them. GTFO, there's too many teams. They, they won't be able to lose enough games. GTFO, we'll get to it more, my opinion, in our contest picks, but I don't think they're going to have the worst record. Yeah, GTFO. They got the Broncos and Colts out there. I don't think they finish with the worst record. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our favorite plays for what is a stacked slate of college football this weekend, including the headliner LSU Bama right here on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 